Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Yeah, yeah. played out. The the winner gets five thousand. No entry fee though. The five thousand is your money. You just get, so if you win, if you right, you like that, right? You like that. You win that. If you win, you got to pay none. I feel like there's a pride here. You get pride. I feel like this is a bad deal for me. I'm not sure exactly where. Maybe Applebee's will put up the five k. We love our friends at Applebee's. Five thousand dollars worth of of riblets. How about that? That would be really eating good in the neighborhood. Oh boy. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers, alongside the money man, Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. $5,000 contest. I've heard rumors there could be something in the works. <laughs> are these, who are these rumors from? Are they I from got good away sources. Are they, yeah, yes. are these rumors from Lawrence? <laughs> uh, like, yeah, Lawrence telling you right after the show? I... Well, listen. Did you I, sleep it, on it? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought about <laughs> okay. it. And I talked to my wife. I said, "Honey, I got an, <laughs> I, I, got, I got a great idea. Could we take five thousand dollars of our money, um, and then we could just donate it to this league? And the best thing that could happen is I get it back." There's no interest. No interest. Nothing at all. <laughs> you actually would lo- somehow still lose. This is from John Supwitz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember when Ben Stein's money? Yes. Will Massenberry's money. I uh, think that's that, so that's not Ben Stein from the game show Win Ben Stein's Money. That is a clip, I want to say, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, correct. Yeah. There you go. Look at that. Look at me. So instead of Win Ben Stein's Money, Win Matthew Berry's Money. Win Matthew Berry's money. money. But the t- plot twist is Matthew Berry has a chance to win his own money. <laughs> that's very exciting. Which is a it's pretty like, sweet deal for yeah, you. It's really, I haven't yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. It's like a charitable donation to a really worthy cause, except you have the chance to get back the charitable yes. donation, which you rarely do when you donate to a charity. You guys only, I mean, if you're going to do this, why not Why not ask for more than five, like 5,000 bucks? Like, <laughs> no, ask for real money. No, no, no. That, that's a fine. It's a good amount. I don't think there was enough commentary yesterday on Lawrence's new look for the season. Every other appearance on the show, he's been wearing an Oakland Athletics hat or an this LA Dodgers true. hat or an Atlanta Braves hat. I had no idea he had hair or a scalp or these yeah. types of things or in a like a foot joy polo very big year coming up for Lawrence yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> see new makeover well exactly well by the way and when he wins the 5,000 bucks just <laughs> yeah. imagine the kind oh of wardrobe yeah. he'll get exactly right um, yeah he'll get 365 <laughs> days worth of Oakland A's hats yeah all right, Land so we Braves hats. We got he would spend it that way. We got a busy day. We're going to go through all of Barry's wide receiver tiers, but before we do, we will open the show with our player news of the day. One that could have been very scary. <laughs> Roto World player news. Roto World player yeah, you news. Gotta, you got to brand. You want it. me to beef it up? I'm just I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, be a company man. I'm working on it. RotoWorld.com, NBCSports.com, free graphic. fantasy player news. I've only worked with you for a year, so I'm still working on my company man I'm just, aspect. Like, I'm just saying. Like, if you want somebody to pony up the 5K, that's, that's what you're doing is you say, hey, hey, Roto World, 
Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, hey, Darren. Hey, why don't you dip into that uh, that marketing budget? Why don't you throw you know throw yeah. some love our way? And Come on, Darren. Maybe, maybe it's the maybe it's the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft. We have a sponsor. Like, Roto, Roto, Roto World League, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the Applebee's League. You know what I mean? Just again, like just you got to think like you know, hey Applebee's, like you know we already give you some love. We love you. You know the show is served by Applebee's, but hey, would you like a little bit more love? I'm a big fan Extra of these love. new kind of. Ability to claw back your own money from a donation. Yeah. This is new, like if it's Applebee's, there should be an Applebee's representative who has a chance to win back the money for Applebee's. What if we? What if we do a GoFundMe? Yeah. Let's see if, if maybe the fans would like to donate the five thousand dollars. <laughs> Hugely. I'm sure they, they yeah, couldn't think important. of something they'd rather do. Important but, look, look, in all seriousness, like, I know you think we could do a Fantasy Life contest, yeah. fantasylife.com. That's how I'll, I'll talk to my, uh, my investors. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I know you just goes, invested ask, a bunch of money in us. Alan. Can we take $5,000 yeah. of that t- for this dumb league? Um, that, was a, that was a mock draft. Please, Joe Burrow. Fuck yeah, our league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, but what, the other thing I would say here is, um, is that you never know, right? You, know, you never know what, uh, you know, what, could, what could happen. I'm just saying, like, you know, marketing budgets out there, right? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, there's other people. Other people are like, right. <laughs> All right. All right. Our, All producers, right. our producer, Stephen, yeah, who they, has no enough. chance at the $5,000, uh, is asking us no. to move along. So, Amadara St. Brown sustained a leg injury during Wednesday's practice. Uh, received treatment from trainers after hurting his lower right leg on the first snap of seven-on-seven drills. Dan Campbell said he expects to get Amadara St. Brown back sometime next week. So, good news on this front. <laughs> The ride-or-die season is saved right now. Dan Campbell also said the Lions could be looking into the wide receiver market to add a body there because Jamison Williams, who suspended the first six games, he also left practice on Wednesday after grabbing his hamstring. Yeah, that's a tweet from uh, Tim Twentyman, who uh, covers the team, does a really great job. Remember, Lions training staff drinks free today because, let's be clear, that's my fantasy ride-or-die. Like, to have my fantasy ride-or-die go down a week after you announce them is not good. What's the protocol? It's bad for the brand. What's the protocol? If the ride-or-die dies before week (laughs) one of the season, is there a a protocol? Is there a handbook? What do you do? I don't think you can get a redo. I mean, that's the whole point is you're riding or you're dying. I think you still have to draft him. Do we play the Hall of Fame game again and get you out to Canton? Justin Herbert's your new ride-or-die? I, I would have to have a ruling on that, but I, I, I don't think I get another shot at it. I mean, He's that's the whole point of a He's ride or die is that you're all in on that one player. But the fact of the matter is, is right, so Jameson Williams, you know, a little banged up as well, but I'm on Raw back. They were busy, the Lions training staff yesterday, saving my fantasy ride or die. Uh, so, anyway, Lions training staff drinks free today at the happy hour. We love the Lions training staff here. This Jameson Williamson thing is a little bit more interesting to me, guys, because so Campbell said in that tweet from Tim Twentyman that Williams could miss the rest of the preseason. We already know he's going to miss the first six games of the year. So now you've got a guy who played, I don't know what it was, less than 20 snaps a game last year, very little, just basically go routes. They just put him in for a very limited package. And now, so you've got a raw player who last year was coming off of a major injury. So he didn't even really – when he was playing, it wasn't until like the second half of the year and he was playing limited snaps. Now he's going to miss the rest of training camp. He's going to miss the first six games of the season. Like, Connor, we love the talent of this kid but and the potential and the idea of him, but also, like, that's it's, tough. We're inching near scary hours with Jamison Williams' development is what it is. I mean, they traded a lot to go up and get him. Let's not forget that. 
This was the speed element of their offense, and the fact is... And a prospect you loved coming out of college, I assume. Really did like him a lot, and when you look at it, too, I mean, this is someone that he transferred from Ohio State because he couldn't get on the field at Ohio State, and listen, there's a lot of wide receiver talent there, so he played one big year at Alabama. That's why I went to Syracuse. I could not (laughs) get on the field at Ohio State. That makes sense. Turned out I couldn't get on the field or Northwestern. I couldn't get in the classroom at Northwestern. I couldn't get on the field at Ohio State. I could get into the bars at Syracuse, and that's what ended up working out for me. So, God bless. So, shout out to Fagans, wherever you are. Shout out to Fagans. Yeah, Fagans, 44, Chucks. Yeah. He caught one pass last year, which you think back, because he did play six games, and you think, oh, Jameson Williams got involved in the offense. He caught one pass. Really that was a, it was yeah. a 41-yard yes. touchdown, which is why I think we remember it. But there is a little bit, and I know he's got more pedigree than these guys, but there's a little bit of kind of Rashad Bateman, Kadarius, Tony. Can you actually get out there on the field, Jameson? Watch Marvin Jones have just a, you know, like a ridiculous year. Marvin Jones, who is not being drafted at all, but obviously, you know, returning to Detroit is a, and I mean this in the best possible sense, is a professional wide receiver. You know, will run his routes, is, you know, has probably lost his step. Josh Reynolds had some moments last year as well. Former Texan to Maggie, Giga Mags. Josh Reynolds. But I honestly, when you look at that list, when you look at that list and now Jameson Williams is going to miss the first six games, he's going to miss some training camp, it's going to take some time, it makes me feel even better about my fantasy ride or die, <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown. Is a 75% target share out of the question? I don't think it is. No, I mean, <laughs> seriously, it's looking that way. I think Marvin Jones might be the oldest receiver in the league right now. I'd have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure he's up there for the Jays He's definitely like he's, he's... And he might be a factor on their offense. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why you looked at me when you said oldest receiver in the league. <laughs> I held it, too. Connor, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah you the held The oldest receiver in the league. league. And look, you looked yeah. right at me, which is messed up. I feel like there's going to be a lot of Josh Reynolds in our waiver wire shows throughout the season because Reynolds yeah. is going to be a guy who's you can throw into your flex. He'll catch you maybe eight, nine points with no upside. Uh, but... Yeah, it's a little bit of a concern with Jameson Williams because he's obviously a huge part of the idea of their upside after the in the second half of the season. I mean, the, you know, Cleef Raymond is there, who's a smaller guy, but you know, so he's not kind of an every down guy. But you know, the, Raymond has had some moments. Denzel Mims, you know, the, <laughs> the I revival. Mean, that, I mean, the revival. The Jets like, gave him away, right? I know. Like so, maybe, <laughs> this could be the this could be the year of former Jets wide receivers. We got Elijah Moore in Cleveland, now Denzel Mims in Detroit. That's right. Maybe these young guys that the Jets had so, such high hopes for flourish in other We, we might dig out Jeremy Curley somewhere. for Denzel Mims in New York? I mean, he just, a lot of it was uh, mentally, mental mistakes. Okay. Penalties, not really seemed like be grasping the offense where they trusted it to put him out there. And honestly, he didn't separate at the next level. I, right. it, it's nice when you run a 4-3 at the combine when that doesn't translate on the field. It's a problem. Didn't separate. Sounds a lot like Barry at NBC. I was just going to say, yeah. Doesn't separate. Mental mistakes. Mental mistakes. No separation. Can't hit plenty of penalties. We throw the flags all the time. Plenty plenty of penalties. (laughs) Haven't really taken that next step. You know, um, there's a very good chance that about in four months I'm on Univision. (laughs) (laughs) They trade me. Wow. Univision is getting stressed. I don't think Univision will have you. Anyway. Yeah, that's by the assumption. way, I, Univision is owned Detroit. by NBC Universal, right? Is it? Or? I believe so. Yeah, I believe I it believe is. So. Okay. I believe it is. So yeah. Is that like going down to the minor leagues in baseball? Or I'm no? just for me. For you. I can't speak. Uh, you know, they're like, yes. Oh, it's Telemundo. Thank. Or it might be Telemundo. I apologize. I know that it was. Okay, it's, we're all, it's owned Telemundo. I might be traded off the entire company. The you fact mean, of the matter is, is that I work better in a in a in a language that I don't speak. Yeah, I That's say, the point. To trade you out of the English language. <laughs> Take me out of the English language. Yeah. I'm much more palatable yeah. when you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Is the point. Yep. 
I no, think so. I like it. Telemundo, yeah. Barry. Yeah. Telemundo. <laughs> what kind of good return will we get yeah. for that? <laughs> I don't know. But maybe, but by the way, maybe it wouldn't be, but maybe it would be still Univision. Maybe it would be another network, is my point. Because I, I don't know if you guys know this. This is a true story that at some point, Al Michaels, yes. the great mm. Al Michaels, was actually traded from ESPN, Disney, I guess from Disney to NBC Universal to call the Sunday Night Games. And they got, they got back the rights to Oswald the Rabbit. And it was like this, you know, it was a... F- Fun little thing, but legitimately, Al Michaels was actually traded from Disney to NBC. So maybe there's a chance that NBC calls somebody up and says, listen, do you have like a box of old swag? Like, you know, some sweatshirts from three years ago. We'll take that for Barry. We'll take the the box of old swag and a future 14th round pick for Matthew Barry. Right. Or just sometimes you see those NBA contracts where they're just like, or even NFL contracts where they're like, Look, we'll pay you to take this guy off yep. of our hands. You know what yeah, I mean? Salary like, dump. A salary dump. Yes, you are a, every bit of a salary considerations. dump. <laughs> they could literally could say like, Light listen, right? Lighter. Exactly. But by the way, don't be. What if it's what if it's Croucher? What if they say like, <laughs> we will give you Jay Croucher, who's you know who's young, under contract for a long time, you know, has a cap friendly deal. <laughs> yeah. What if we what if we give you what if we give you Jay Croucher money? just to take yeah. uh, take on Barry's bloated, ridiculous contract yeah. that that literally makes no yeah. sense yeah. at all got, with any economics. Yeah, we got Timothy Moskov over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to move, Lakers trying to move his four for seventy yes. deal or whatever. Next legend to yeah. you, yeah. Jay exactly. Croucher. That's right. That's yeah. Exactly. All right, we'll uh, go with more trades. That's a great poll. In more injury news. I was trying to come up with another NBA player. Mozgov's a great callback. More injury news on the wide receiver front. MRI revealed a sprained LCL for Traylon Burks, who will be sidelined for a few weeks. Obviously a scary moment for the Titans in camp when Burks went down, uh, came back up hobbling around. It sounds like, though, the worst-case scenario was avoided with Traylon Burks right now and what's expected to be a very big year two for him. Yeah, I mean, look. So, right? But God. it's a it's a concern. So, right? Because it's a concern for his overall fantasy value for a lot of reasons. I mean, first off, last year he started slow. Remember, of course, he also missed six games. The turf toe. He had the concussion as well. Finally, came on down the towards towards the end of last year. But we still expect a run heavy offense in Tennessee. We still expect DeAndre Hopkins to be the leading target share guy on this team that the passing offense will go through DeAndre Hopkins and so now again Traylon Burks yes he's it's the same offense and he's been there but like he missed a lot of time last year now he's going to miss the rest of training camp going to miss a few weeks as they adjust to this new offense because even though it's the same playbook guys like an offense that has DeAndre Hopkins is really different than an offense that does not especially for a team that didn't pass that much. Yeah, I'm worried about the Titans in general. We've talked about it a little bit, but their offensive line situation might be the worst in the league. They'd lose Trey Lomberg's for a period of time. We'll see how long. And their season starts at Saints, home to Chargers, at Cleveland, home to Cincinnati. They're going to be underdogs in all four of those games, I would suspect. And then, I don't know, the Ryan Tannehill situation, it could go south for Tennessee. I, it, I mean, it's really interesting, obviously. They, they traded up to get Will Levis in the second round. Um, they, it's weird, though, right, because they went to go out and get Hopkins. That's their way of saying, like, we're in for this year, right? I mean, you don't, you don't make the deal. Like, they're paying Hopkins real money. Yep. And so, but you're right. Like, you just listed that, like, would anybody be shocked if the Titans were 0-4? Nice. I mean, like, at, to your point, right, exactly. The Chargers are going to be really good. The Bengals are going to be really good. The Saints, that'll be a tough game. What was the fourth game that I missed? So, Saints, Chargers, Browns, Bengals. Browns no are layups too. There's no and layup that, And that game's in Cleveland, Cleveland, right. Miles Garrett against maybe the worst offensive yeah. line in the league. It's not ideal. There's it no layup in Hashtag not ideal. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, you certainly get you get nervous about this um, this Tennessee Titans offense for sure. And I think coming off the Jamison Williams conversation, a little different, but still with Traylon Burks. This is a guy that coming out of Arkansas, his production was off of screen slants and go balls. Yep. So you knew there would be a bit of an adjustment period, but he's a physical freak. That's why you drafted him. Now you look at last year, he had the turf toe and the concussion. Now the sprained LCL. More time off the field is less time developing. Yeah. So for Traylon Burks individually in a run-heavy offense, it becomes a little frustrating. Absolutely. I mean, I'm at wide receiver 45, and I'm probably too high on him. Like, I'll, I'm going to do a rankings update. I'm going to wait until this weekend's games and, you know, adjust to that. So there'll be a new rankings update coming out on Monday on NBCSports.com, Rotorworld.com, home of the free $5,000 mock draft. If you just say it enough, It'll like happen. eventually, I just feel People like believe it. it. Well, if they'll Which believe it. They'll believe it. And what I feel like is what will happen is like somebody somewhere will be like, somebody will send an email to somebody in marketing like, are we doing this Barry thing, this $5,000 draft? And somebody else says, I don't know, let me check into it. And then somebody else says, yeah, I don't think so. And then, I don't know, he keeps mentioning it. And then just at some point, there's like this crazy long email string where it's just like, oh, I think we are doing that. You know what I mean? They like keep if talking you, about it you on just, the show. You just keep... You know, you just keep saying it, saying it, and somebody's just like, yeah, sure, I guess, whatever, it's 5000 bucks. It's definitely a thing in corporate America that people just say yes to stop an email thread. You yes. get off the email thread, just say yes. Yes, I, it's um, the comedian Whitney Cummings. Are you guys familiar with, with Whitney? Uh, very funny. No, she's a very, <laughs> okay. she's a very famous uh, comedian. Uh, Whitney Cummings. Anyway, uh, one of her stand-up jokes is, uh, I've never been in jail, but I have been on a text thread. There you go. Which, um, which I love that joke and uh, is factually correct. By the way, and it's the same as like an email string. Like when you're on like a I, one of the, one of the one of the craziest days at ESPN when I was there is that at ESPN we had all these global email addresses. There's literally one global email address that you can like it's at I don't know I don't want to say the email address, but like you can <laughs> on, on air. I'm, I'm gonna, I don't want to. All my friends are still there, but there is a there is an email address that literally you can email the entire company. Like there's over seven thousand employees at ESPN. There's one specific email address that literally goes to everyone, right? And um, and somebody so they some corporate email like hey guys it's you know whatever it's it's you know bring your kids to work day or some you know some kind of generic company wide email, and then somebody replied back saying you know replied like th- trying to think I think they're trying to forward it to their boss saying like hey do you mind if I bring my daughter <laughs> you know whatever blah blah and like but that actually replied all yeah, and so class. it went to everyone and so then. Everyone said, like, you replied all. And so we're like, yo, do you? And, like, there was all of a sudden there were, like, 40 emails. You replied all. And then other people were like, stop hitting reply all. Just stop doing this. And other people were like, yeah, take me off the string. You can't take it off the string. It's the global email address. Well, stop emailing back. Yes, you stop emailing back. And it got into this literally was a day-long thing that went on. It was like, it was, and you couldn't escape this email thread. Like, I think Awful Announcing wrote about it as well. You can Google it. Like, like the day email stopped at ESPN and... Um, uh, I would have paid way more than $5,000 to get off that email string because like every single, you know, like literally every 10 seconds, imagine getting an email from every person in your company and you don't know 95% of them and they're all annoying, like, take me off. Hey, uh, you know, stop replying all. You stop replying all. <laughs> like, you know, like, now we know how to ransom them yeah. for the $5,000 for the league. Yeah. Old, the old stop button is uh, for yeah, all the yeah, but, but I have, I've, I've outsmarted the system. I don't read my email. It's oh, yeah. true. Oh, yeah. I don't read my email. That's why I didn't show you up for the show reply, the first place. Yes. Producer, yeah. producer can confirm. You can't reply all if you never read an email. So yeah. That's working uh, smarter, not harder right there. 
All right, Traylon Burks. The, the thing with DeAndre Hopkins is uh, his target share. <laughs> We're off the rails today. Yeah. His target share is just going to go through the roof. One of my favorite stat lines from last year, I think Hopkins' last game of the season against the Bucks, he had 10 targets for one reception and four yards, which I think there might be, look, he's going to get more than that in, in Tennessee, but, I mean, who else is there now? Nick Russell Westbrook-Kino? Like, there's not a lot there behind Chig Hopkins. Chig Aconquo. Yeah, okay. Learn Ky- the name. Kyle Phillips. Chig a conquo. It's chiggy time. We're getting yeah. chiggy with it. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, chiggy time. Yes, Good. the most Very significant good. injury of the day. Tannehill is better than the quarter. Yes. Tannehill yes. is significantly better get, than yeah. than. Um, I'm not going to say one Colt for McCoy. ten targets. But no, yeah. no, no, no. De- and DeAndre Hopkins is. You know, he had a lot of options. He chose specifically to go to Tennessee. I'm sure they have a plan for him. But yes, this is not ideal for the Titans' offense. It hurts Tannehill a little bit. Maybe bumps up Chig. But certainly, you're concerned about uh, Traylon Burks. All right. The most significant injury of the day was the uh, Russell Gage injury. He is out for the season with a knee injury. The Jets and Bucks were having joint practices this week. They had one joint practice. He went down with a non-contact injury during Wednesday's session. Uh, it is official per NFL media that Russell Gage now will be out for the season, putting even more on the plate of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I think this is more just a sad story than it is a fantasy impact story. I don't know that Russell Gage was going to be drafted that much in – except for deeper PPR leagues. Really nice player, you know, had some moments. But given the struggles that we expect to happen on this Bucks offense, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask under center, we expect it to be a conservative offense. Todd Bowles wants to just play defense and run the ball. That's what he wants to do. That's what I'm hearing out of ten, uh, Tampa Bay this year. So, yes, the fact is, is that it just – Tampa Bay is not going to be a great offense. But for fantasy purposes, it's going to be very narrow. You want Evans, you want Godwin, you want Rashad White. And you're in a deeper league, you know, maybe you talk yourself into Kate Otten or something like that at tight end. But honestly, like, it's really those three guys, and that's it. And so, really hate to see this Gage, who's, who's really suffered some tough injuries here the last couple of years. Um, really nice player. Feel bad for him. Looking forward to seeing him back on the field next year. Yep. And again, like, with the Bucks, their start to the season is absolutely brutal as well. I think the Bucks, they have some... Uh, no one thinks that they're going to be really good. I think they have the scope to be potentially the worst team in the league, honestly. If they have a couple more injuries with how decimated their offensive line is, with the questions, obviously, at quarterback. Like, they start the season at Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia, at New Orleans, Detroit, at Buffalo. Like, these are brutal games. And uh, there is a chance. They're, they start off 1-6, and six and it's the Kyle Trask show. Uh, and Evans and Godwin, maybe one of them gets traded. Uh, it, it could go south. It does seem like, why wouldn't you not move, you know, given that, like, it's a long way back, and yeah. so Evans and Godwin, who obviously do have value, like why would you not try to move those guys and try to uh, get some draft picks, some younger players, and try to rebuild? Because it's going to take a while for yeah. Tampa Bay to get back to yeah. where they wanted to be. I bet a little 10-1 to 1 Bucks to have the worst record in the league. So, sorry, Bucks fans, but I think that uh, I think there is some – think of it Kyle Trask. And, by the way, they're, they're bringing back the creamsicles this year, too. Oh, they the cre- Yeah, the oh, creamsicle uniforms, I believe, will be oh, – yes. uh, they're, they're coming back. Classic. Which, which, one of the best uniforms in football, but also, like, you know, harkens back to their, their ineptitude, their days yes, of ineptitude. bring it back. Bring, bring it, it back. The, uh, uh, the creamsicles there. I've got one at 30. I have Mike Evans at 33. I wasn't factoring in Russell Gage's production into either of those rankings. I think that's about right. Our last bit of wide receiver news here is on Terrace Marshall. Panthers beat writer Sheena Quick said uh, he's expected to be sidelined for a few weeks. Terrace Marshall is dealing with a back injury, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. But, Barry, I think the bigger, uh, you know, kind of movement here is that the guys in front of him, whether it's Adam Thielen, who is going to play a lot anyway, of course you have DJ Chark, and then the rookie Jonathan Mingo, it once again just kind of solidifies that they're going to be on the field a lot more. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, we didn't know exactly how much of a role Marshall would have, but we also didn't know that about Jonathan Mingo. I think we felt pretty good about uh, Shark and Thielen getting, you know, a lot of reps. But really, this is, you know, you never see, like to see an injury to a player, but feels like this gives more of a opportunity for Jonathan Mingo. It's a second-round pick. I'm curious where you are on Jonathan Mingo because I know in the fantasy community, people are really split on him. There are some people that really like him, that think he should have gone higher, that think he's got a potential to be one of the top-scoring fantasy rookies because, again, you've got Shark and Thielen who are um, both, you know, b- both dealt with uh, injury issues over the course of their career. Mingo's young, and you're just sort of like, hey, does, do they try to focus him and Bryce Young and try to build that connection early on? Or, and there are other people that like – I saw one tweet, and I forget who said this, so I apologize, but it was, uh, was just basically – Name a wide receiver that didn't lead his college in, in wide receiving production who was really good in the pros. There, you can't? Exactly. This is a Jonathan Mingo tweet. So I forget who said that tweet. It wasn't me, but I thought that was also interesting as well. Somebody that I respect um, tweeted that out. Where are you on Mingo? He went a little earlier than I expected just because he was a guy that didn't traditionally always line up on the outside and win that way. At Ole Miss, he was somebody that they would motion a lot. They'd almost use him as an H-back at times. There was a lot of scheme touches, and the production was good it wasn't great it wasn't like tank dell was a guy that had scheme touches at houston and 200 targets but it was amazing everything tank dell was did was awesome so with mingo do i think he could be a good nfl player down the road sure but i would tame the rookie expectations their first team offensive line couldn't block the jets backups in the preseason so are we going to rely on a guy that is going to be the third wide receiver on his team with a rookie quarterback and a bad offensive line it feel how much are they going to throw the ball that feels like a stretch for me where he, he wouldn't be a rookie wide receiver in this class that I have massive expect or a, a fantasy impact as a rookie, I would say. Yeah, I think Adam Thielen's going way too late in drafts. And I get that he's not very exciting at all, but he's going as wide receiver 52 at the moment. He finished last year wide receiver 30. He might be the number one wide receiver option on an NFL team with Bryce Young. Look, I don't I think, think Bryce is. Young's going to be great, but Bryce Young be should be enough yes. to get Thielen. I don't know. You could Thielen to catch... 80 passes and 900 yards and six touchdowns. Like, yeah. I think that's in the In a deeper PPR league, I have no problem with Adam Thielen. Look, he's had over 100 targets to the last three years. You know, but you're right. There's nothing exciting about Adam Thielen, and he feels more like a floor play than an, you know, than an upside play. When you're in late, you're, people are going to want the, the, you know, the, the tank Dells of the world, right? You know, they're going to want some of those guys. Like, I was in a draft. Uh, this is crazy. Like, I was in a draft recently where Donovan Peoples-Jones <laughs> went ahead of him. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just like people are all over the place. I'm just saying, by the way, that was a Lawrence Jackson tweet. Uh, yeah, but I don't mind, I don't mind the Adam – like, I, I, I'm with you. Yep. Adam Thielen is like Jacoby Myers. Like, there's guys like that, just a boring player that no one when you're draft when you're drafting is going to go, ooh, you know, like, when you draft um, – trying to think of a good example like when you draft jordan addison yeah. or whatever right you know there's yeah. like so like or luke musgrave like you know how my, i've been talking up luke, luke, luke musgraves here for like two weeks he's starting to get a lot of buzz on twitter uh, x whatever you want to call it uh last couple of days because the you know these training camp videos he did a jet sweep yesterday i was freaking out so like his somebody that like everyone's gonna be like ooh sleeper no one's doing that when you draft adam thielen but you're right 800 yards two t- you know six touchdowns and yep. like you know He's going 70 this, receptions, like, he's going viable. This, he's going the receiver. same range as, like, Rashad Bateman. Like, I'd much right. rather have Adam Thielen than Rashad Bateman. I, I get the upside with Bateman, that's but the point. Thielen is yeah, he's the, just steady. The, the, the anti-Adam Thielen argument here is, a, like, I'm, I'm to your point. Like, I think he's going to have solid production, and there, there's value baked into his ADP, given his skill set and 
the lack of target competition. The argument there is, is that there's virtually no chance that Adam Thielen is like a top 30 wide receiver this year, right? I mean, like, like but Rashad Bateman, if he stays healthy and he becomes the number one for Lamar Jackson, what we expect to be a top three scoring offense, like Rashad Bateman could be that guy. Yep. He could also miss a bunch of games and once again be a fantasy disappointment. But like when you're drafting that low, in theory, you have your starters. You even probably have your backup. So when you're drafting in that range, you just want to swing for the fence, right? Yep. You just because hopefully you hit, you know, hit a home run. And if it doesn't, then that's the guy you wave for the next hot waiver wire pickup. You know, you don't need a, you know, six for feel. 60, you know, kind of guy. Is the, That's the argument. Yep. No, I get that. Particularly late in drafts. I just think that Thielen, if you shouldn't be going outside the top wide receivers if you're the number one receiving option on your team and you have a potentially competent quarterback. Fair. I'm with you. And with that, we will take our first break. When we're back, more wide receiver talk as we go through all of Barry's tiers for the upcoming season. Yeah. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Here's your chance. Win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league live from the NBC Sports studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. That is NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. To be clear, there's no seat. So when you say front row seat, it makes it sound like we have stadium seating. You know, you're not going to be stuck in the mezzanine. We don't actually rappers. have, right. You don't, but we'll actually, we'll literally put you on the set. We'll, we'll put you back there, you know, as a guest bartender. Honestly, we might let you just take Jay's spot. If you, <laughs> if you can speak an Australian accent, you can have Jay's spot. Um, as well. But Very you'll hard be, for Americans to do. Right. Very it, hard. No one can is. do it except for Robert Downey Jr. He's the only one. He's right. the only one. Ah, good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You to throw a little shrimp on the bobby? It's <laughs> 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 deep South American. <laughs> what are you from, <laughs> Texas? <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, ah, boy. No, trying to think bad. Australian faces. Uh, four out of ten. Could have yeah. been worse. <laughs> four out of ten is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Could have made three lower. Oh, boy. Ask me the budget, mate, mate. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wide uh, receiver tears. How about that? Australian audience. Um. Anyway, whatever. Come. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to fly to Stanford, Connecticut, to see that live? Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Absolutely. By the way, Connor will Connor will give you uh, hair products as well. Yes. Uh, and I will Some beat you in NFL. I will yes. I will beat you in NFL Blitz. Or if you want a chance, you can play. You know, Connor or Jay. Let's get into it. Wide receiver tiers, starting with tier one. No surprise who's at the top if you watch our mock draft, which you should from Wednesday's show. Justin Jefferson at number one. Jamar Chase at number two. Those are the first two picks in our draft. Number three, Cooper Cup. Number four, Tyreek Hill. My little Cooper Cup there. But let's talk about Jamar Chase, who, in addition to being an absolutely animal uh, as a fantasy football player, he is also a very wise and smart investor unbelievably skilled on the field and in the boardroom over 11 targets a game last year when he's average when he's seen seven or more targets he averages over 21 fantasy points per game this part is crazy for his career he averages 86 receiving yards a game that's the third highest in nfl history you know he's my wide receiver too if you take him wide receiver number one i mean you know Jamar Chase is awesome yeah i love Jamar Chase i think the most for relevant. many reasons yeah i know you do i I think the most relevant, it's not really a stat, but the most relevant thing about Jamar Chase, he was born in the year 2000. He's 23 years old, so he has more scope to actually get better and develop skills as Matthew's staring off into the distance, feeling old that Jamar Chase was born in the 21st century. But guys like Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup, who are 30, I think we know what they are. They're not going to get better, but Chase could get better and also just get healthier. So he has huge scope to be the best player in fantasy this year. Yeah, that's not without the realm of possibility. The other thing is, is that, again, we always talk about, you know, how important a quarterback is for a wide receiver's success. And obviously, there's a massive connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, right? I mean, they went to college together. They played the pros together. Some have even noticed that they invest together, <laughs> that both guys, really smart investors. If you just sort of look at recent investments that either of those two guys have done, they've done them together. They've, uh, you know, they both invested in the, some similar projects. So just, it's, just the connection between those two are great. We love some Joe Burrow. We love some Jamar Chase. We do. Both and of them, by the way, drink free forever here at the happy hour. Indeed. And of those four receivers, I think there's consensus. Those are your top four wide receivers yeah. across the board. And if you just look at the quarterbacks and the situations for those four. All right, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, we know what Kirk Cousins is. That's fine. Stafford, what's left of Stafford in that offensive line for Cup. And then two with Tagovailoa, who's got his own concerns for Tyreek Hill. And just and then Jamar Chase, he's just got Joe Burrow, who's going to be one of the ten greatest quarterbacks of all time. Jamar Chase has the best quarterback of any of these four guys. But all four of them... Finishing as the number one wide receiver in fantasy is within the range of outcomes. Honestly, finishing as the best wide receiver in fantasy football history within the range of outcomes. One of the guys on the list has already done it, I mean, which is, which is Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson had a monster season last year as well. We know the potential of Chase and Hill. I mean, again, where did Lawrence take Tyreek Hill yesterday? Was it a two? Three? Uh, three. Three. three? Three. He took him at yeah, three. Andre, after, like, Justin again. Jefferson, then I took Jamar Chase, and then Lawrence took Tyreek Hill, and McCaffrey went fourth. Yeah, I mean – so. Can't argue with any of those. PBR guys. format. Like they're, they're, yeah, they're all, they're all going to just have huge years. All right, let's take a look at Tier 2, which is kicked off by Stefan Diggs, and followed by Barry's Ride or Die, who is okay. Amon Ross St. Brown, lines uh, training staff drinks free today. Devontae Adams at number 7. CeeDee Lamb at 8. Followed off, by, uh, close it out there with A.J. Brown. Before we get into some of the guys in the back end, Barry, I want to ask you, can Stephon Diggs kind of sneak into Tier 1? Is he that guy that's just, just on the outside looking in, or are these guys truly all grouped together? No, I, look, I think, honestly, any one of these guys, except maybe A.J. Brown, any one of these guys could easily be a top four 
tier one fantasy wide receiver. Uh, again, we talked about Amon Ross St. Brown earlier in the show in terms of the massive target share. If Stefan Diggs catches three or four more touchdowns, which, by the way, is completely possible given that he's playing with Josh Allen, he could certainly be there as well. Devontae Adams has been a tier one wide receiver. He's a, um, he, we've seen that from him recently. And certainly, you know, given how bad we expect the Raiders to be, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback, but he can get the ball to skilled players. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo support a number of very highly ranked fantasy relevant wide receivers over his career in San Francisco. So any of those guys, and honestly, my buddy Aits is CeeDee Lamb to you guys, yes. but you know, yeah. Aits, my, me and, uh, me and Aits are tight. In terms of just pure skill for getting fantasy for a second, like, Connor, I don't know where you are, but I think CeeDee Lamb is as good as any of the people on that list from a pure skill standpoint as a wide receiver. So Absolutely. it's just a matter of that offense opens up and Dak can have that kind of year that we, we know is we think it might be in him. Absolutely, especially when they move him around. He could play inside, he could play outside. He's tremendous after the catch, and the target should be there. Sure, I think people get distracted by Brandon Cooks being there, Gallup a year removed further from injury. But Lamb is just so and talented. The, and the Mike McCarthyism. Uh, Mike McCarthy of it all. I think, I think that's the, the, bigger, the biggest the issue. McCarthyism. The new McCarthyism. The new McCarthyism. Yeah. Exactly. It's another dark day in American history. Yeah. The Previously associated of, with communism, now associated with just botching the clock at the end of games <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> bad decisions. Which one's worse? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's I, hard to say. Ask the fans in Dallas. Yeah. I'll tell you which one they'll choose. Yeah. I think the, the versatility with Lamb that you guys brought up, the fact when they started at the end of last season, just throwing him in the slot, like running him deep from the slot, See, this is completely unfair. They've just got no chance to defend him. And I think as well, Dak Prescott, I think, has a bit of a stench on him because he threw those two picks. He didn't play well against the Niners in that playoff game. One, it was against the best defense in football. Two, it's one game. Dak Prescott is still, I think, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL on talent. And also, just in terms of volume, he's going to be able to get CeeDee Lamb the ball. CeeDee Lamb's going to be absolutely fine. The only guy I have on that list that I don't think could make Tier 1 is A.J. Brown. And it's only a fun. It's not that he doesn't have that talent. It's just a function of he's got so many talented weapons around him. And there's also, by the way, a run-first offense. A slow-paced offense is going to have a really good defense. They're not going to get into shootouts very much. And, you know, you're not going to see a ton of possessions from the, the Eagles. Again, you know, again, because they're not one of the higher-paced place, higher teams in terms of pace of play. Yep. Just on Devontae Adams quickly, if you told me that Jimmy Garoppolo is fully healthy for the season, I would have Devontae Adams third after Jefferson and Chase. But it's just because the risk of him going down, which feels like a... 100% chance. It's not 100% chance, but it feels like 100% chance he's going to get hurt at some point. And then it's Brian Hoyer, who will still be able to feed Devontae the ball, but it's not going to be the same. And by the way, Adams is a little bit older than the rest of the guys yep. on this list. Injured at the moment. He's already injured at the moment. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's the other thing where, you know, just a little bit um, there. But yeah, I mean, about Amon Ross St. Brown, we've talked about him a ton on the show. Obviously, he's my fantasy ride or die. He's still my fantasy ride or die. Lines training staff drinks free. Like, I've said this, since week 13 of 2021, he is the third best wide receiver in fantasy. The only players with more fantasy points at the wide receiver position since week 13 of 2021 are Justin Jefferson and Devonta Adams. Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite fantasy wide receiver, and no one thinks of him. He doesn't get talked about in the same breath as some of these guys, as the Diggs and the Lambs and the Devontae's and the cups of the world, and the fact is, is that production-wise, over an extended period of time, has been that way. And nothing that's going to happen this year makes you think that that's going away. In fact, the more, like we, 
no Hawkinson, Williams is going to miss the first six games. Like, there's not a lot of target competition on a team that we think is going to be really good offensively. We like Jared Goff as a quarterback, and again, their schedule, seven of the final eight games played in a dome where Jared Goff has been lights out. You know, last year was unbelievable um, uh, as a quarterback when he played under a roof. His target competition is rookies. and uh, Josh Sam- Reynolds. And Josh Reynolds, right? I mean, seriously, it's Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta. Rookie tight right. ends historically do not command that much of a target share. So it's all there for yeah. Monroe St. Brown right. to be the entire offense. Yeah. Oldest wide receiver in the NFL, Marvin Jones. Yes. Has, have, has research confirmed that, by the way? Can someone confirm who the oldest wide receiver in the NFL is? Um, but Marvin and Jimmy Jones, Graham doesn't count, by the way. He's still tight end. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. yeah this doesn't is, worry about the franchise yes, tag. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so let's take a look at Tier 3. This group, really interesting because it's all players on the rise, right? You have the Offensive Rookie of the Year from last year, Garrett Wilson. Jalen Waddell, who has just been phenomenal for Miami. Chris Alave, who very well could have won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. T. Higgins, Jamar Chase's running mate. And then Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown's running mate. So the talent on this list here, Barry, is uh, not only ascending, but absolutely tremendous on its own. And you know what? Like, all these guys, if you go running back, running back, all these guys are like viable wide receiver ones on your team if you start off with like a you know running back running back or you get a t- you know you go Kelsey in the first and then a running back in the second like again it, it's not ideal but like Olave I think is going to be special Wilson's going to be special we you know Waddle is is a no-brainer Higgins is there of course we've already talked about uh super investor Joe Burrow as his quarterback but more importantly Devontae Smith I think becomes really interesting since week two last year He was the 12th best wide receiver in fantasy. He was top eight among wide receivers in both receptions and receiving yards over that stretch. And he had the exact same number of targets in that time frame from week two on as A.J. Brown. Again, A.J. Brown is the bigger name. He's the bigger wide receiver. But Devontae Smith coming out of college because he's, I think because of his stature. Slim Reaper. Slim Reaper. Like just, he doesn't get the kind of, respect's not the right word, but he just, he isn't thought of the way that some of these bigger wide receivers are. Maybe it's a similar problem to Amon Ross St. Brown. But, like, Devontae Smith can play. He can flat-out play. He's got a ridiculous uh, quarterback as well. Look at these numbers here on your screen. Since week two, over a 16-game season, whatever, week one, whatever, week two on last year, both of them had a 27.7% target share. Devontae Smith actually averaging one more reception per game. You know, whatever, nine less yards per game, one fantasy point less per game. Like, really similar numbers, ultimately, to A.J. Brown, and yet the, the difference in ADP t- between them doesn't, uh, doesn't reflect how close they are in production. Devontae Smith is another year into that system. Like, he's a really good player. Yep, agreed. And the other thing, too, I, I wouldn't – A.J. Brown's not an injury-prone player, but 2020, 2021, he got hurt both those years, missed a few games. If that happens, then all of a sudden Devontae Smith is going to be a top-10 wide receiver mm. option. Jay, looking just at how Easy. often the Eagles will be favored by a wide margin this year, is there any concern that they just don't need to constantly throw to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that they just kind of run to a lot of blowouts and they can, like Barry said, kind of a slow pace of play? Is I mean, that factor that for them in fantasy? No, I think it'll actually be more favorable to them this year because we made the joke last year that the Eagles could make the Super Bowl. We're not going to be sure if they're any good because of their yeah. schedule just being so insanely easy. And they were in so many positive game scripts for running the ball last season. I think just by virtue of just playing harder teams, even if they are the best team in the NFC, I think they will need to throw more. And so I think Devontae Smith can definitely benefit from that. Uh, Connor, on Garrett Wilson... 
what is his ceiling this year? Like, could he have is sixteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, best wide receiver in football? Is that on the? Is that possible? I think where the hangup is maybe the touchdowns. And I know Rodgers would lock on to Devonte Adams in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And when you hear Rodgers talk, that's who he refers to with Garrett Wilson all the time. But the yardage is going to be massive. I mean, he had over eleven hundred last year with the carousel, the laughing carousel they had at quarterback. I think fourteen hundred is easy for him this year because. The targets will be there. This has been the connection from OTAs to camp. Yesterday, Bucks practices. I mean, it's just all Rodgers to Garrett Wilson. So, I think a massive season in store because of the targets and the talent. I'm going to give you something that I don't have a stat for. But just this gut thing, and then we'll move on to Tier 4 very quickly. But um, Aaron Rodgers wants to have a great year in New York, right? I mean, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, he wants to win a Super Bowl. He made this whole thing. But there's also, like... There's a part of Aaron Rodgers where he's just like, you know, he's got that chip in his shoulder. He reads the, he reads the media reports and everything like that. So my point is, is he wants not only a great year wins and losses, but he wants a great statistical year. 100%. He, would, he would love to win the MVP again at age 40 with Nathaniel Hackett again in, in Jets uniform. And so what happens is, is you get in close, you get to that five-yard line, and they're calling Brees Hall off tackle, and he just he does like a little like one of these. like, And he just he checks out of it, and it's just like, hey, you're going to do that, that Devontae Adams slant that we've seen so many times. Like, hey, Garrett Wilson, just boom, boom. It's going to be one-on-one, and then he's just going to hit Wilson. There's going to be five, seven, who knows, maybe ten gimme touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers at some point over the course of the year that he just – he could have checked out of, but he just wants to sort of pad the stats. 100%. And when he decides to do that, when he says, I'm going to just try to throw a touchdown pass here, it's going to Garrett Wilson. Yeah. That's the point. Back end of last year, he did the same thing with Christian Watson, who emerged as the best wide receiver on that team. And he was like, all right, well, this is the guy who's the best. He's the guy I trust the most to be able to do something. It's just going to him. Yeah. All right, let's jump into Tier 4. This is kicked off at number 15 overall by Keenan Allen, followed by DeAndre Hopkins. And then DK Metcalf here, guys. It's funny how much we've talked about all kinds of different wide receivers on this show, and we basically never talk about DK Metcalf. Obviously, Tyler Lockett's been underrated in that offense. They used the first-round pick on Jackson Smith and Jigba, and somehow DK has become the forgotten man by hype. But still in the top 20 here, Barry. No player had more end zone targets last year than DK Metcalf. In fact, three of the four years he's played in the NFL, he's been top three in end zone targets. He's always a threat to score. Over five receptions per game last year, which was a career high. Geno back under center. We think that's a good one. Uh, we think that's good for DK Metcalf and his 25% target share from last year. Three straight seasons with over 24% target share. Yes, they add JSN. But we, uh, like, Metcalf is just because he's, he's so... He's got so much of a propensity to score. Is always kind of got a floor there for for DK Metcalf, who, you know, he's just like this physical freak. You know what I mean? It's, he's the first guy to come out of college where I saw him without a shirt, and I said, "Holy crap, that's me." That's like, <laughs> wow. I have yet to see a guy that looks exactly like me without a shirt off. And finally, when DK Metcalf, when that that viral vid, you know photo went around, I'm like, my wife literally said, "Like, holy crap, that's you." And I'm like, I know. <laughs> We That's had the a same Pete thing on Radio Row with Derrick Henry. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. You couldn't tell him apart. Yeah. Couldn't tell us apart. No, that was no. percent. A lot of people are like, why do you wear baggy shirts? And it's like, not to intimidate Jay and Connor. That's why. <laughs> Which we appreciate. Right yeah, yeah. It's what Manny Ramirez used to do. Uh, yeah. DK Metcalf. Uh, I think the one thing with DK that's an interesting uh, thing to talk about outside of his uh, physique <laughs> resembling Matthew Berry's is that when we project uh, concerns about target share yeah. or carries when there is a rookie 
coming in. I think that's a little fraught with peril. It's the same thing where everyone's expecting Tank Bigsby to cut into Travis Etienne. It's like, well, he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet, so let's just see it before it happens. It's the same thing. Like, I don't think Jackson Smith and Jigba is just going to render DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett irrelevant. Like, I need to see it a little bit. I'm sure he's going to get run, but DK is still clearly the guy you want. Yeah, by the way, it's always always one of those push-pull things. Until you see it, you don't know. But the truth is, is like, you can make the argument like, hey, he's going to see less targets because JSN's there, but he's also going to see less double teams, right? I mean, like, it, it's, it's all a balance, and so we'll wait to see. But we know he's insanely talented, and he's going to get a lot of targets, especially in close. DK Metcalf we like quite a bit. Back to Tier 4. This is a beefy group here. After DK Metcalf, 18 Debo Samuel, 19 Calvin Ridley coming off the lost year due to suspension, 20 Amari Cooper, 21 Jerry Judy, followed by Terry McLaurin on Barry's Commanders. Mike Williams, there's rumors he's been in the slot a little bit for the Chargers this summer. Christian Kirk for Jacksonville. DJ Moore at 25. We saw what he could do with Justin Fields already taking that screen to the house. Two Jaguars on the list, two Chargers on the list. Marty Cooper is sort of interesting because the reports out of Brown's camp have been Watson has been inconsistent. So we just don't know, are we going to get Houston to Sean Watson? Are we going to get, you know five games from last year to Sean Watson, because he was not good last year. If there is one positive that last year, even though Watson did not look like the guy we remembered, he still had a 25% target share. Like, when Watson was out there, he was looking for Amari Cooper. We do expect them to be more pass-heavy this year. Cooper comes in at uh, number 20 for me in the wide receiver ranks. He had the third most end zone targets last year. They did, whether it was Jacoby Brissett or Deshaun Watson. He was a big part of that offense. He is... He is the number one wide receiver on what we expect to be a better-than-average offense. The, just, the question is Watson. Yeah, I feel like he doesn't really get the credit, Amari Cooper. I think it's because there's this perception he's this hired gun because he's jumped around and this is his third team. But, I mean, the guy's insanely talented and he just produces and he doesn't have a ton of target uh, competition on that team. The weird thing is there is, at least last year, there were significant home road splits. And that's yes. been something that has sort of dogged him a little bit throughout his career where whether it was with the Raiders, whether it was with the Cowboys, like he was always better at home than he was on the road for whatever reason. Yep, loves sleeping in his own bed. I just guess like so. Connor Rogers. Yeah, just so, like absolutely. Connor Rogers. Tier 5, kicked off by Drake London. 27 is Marquise Hollywood-Brown. And then, Jay, somebody you brought up earlier before, 28, Christian Watson in Green Bay, although he's playing with a different quarterback now in Jordan Love. Do you think that success continues for him? I think it does. I think the talent is just real. As someone who was uh, cheering against Christian Watson uh, every week last year because I didn't have an offensive rookie of the year ticket on him and it looked like he was coming. He was insane down the end of the season. He was playing like one of the best wide receivers in football. Just the ability to add in with the rushing as well, the jet sweeps that they would run. He was an end zone threat. He was a threat to break a 50-yard screen pass. I think the talent there is crazy. And Jordan Love, I mean, reports have been relatively good about Jordan Love in a way they perhaps haven't been about Deshaun Watson. So, yeah, I think Christian Watson, he is one of the guys in these lower tiers who you could absolutely see ending as a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy if a few things break right. I might be a little bit too low on Brandon Ayuk, who's my current wide receiver 32. Week 6 on last year in 12 games. He was a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. You think about they use, they're a little bit more gadgety with Debo Samuel. Obviously, you got McCaffrey there. Like, there's an argument to be made that Brandon Ayuk finishes the year as the number one wide receiver in San Francisco, not Debo Samuel. From a pure wide receiver standpoint, again, they're going to use the, the jet sweeps with Debo and, you know, kind of the, the run-heavy stuff. But Ayuk is somebody that I think is really interesting. 75 receptions, 1,000 yards, and uh, eight touchdowns last year. He was one of 11 wide receivers that could say that. Ayuk is somebody that coming out of college, everyone was just like, ooh, Ayuk in a Shanahan offense? 
I think I'm too low on Brandon Ayuk, honestly. I think he's going to move up a little bit when my rankings updates come out. Tier 6 kicks off with the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba, who will fit in Seattle's offense with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf at 36. Another rookie, Jordan Addison, a stack there of first-round rookies. And 37, Gabe Davis of the Bills, somebody who had an inconsistent year last year, Barry. But after the season, we found out dealing with that ankle injury for a long time. A lot going on there. High ankle sprain. Like, last year, like, it was incredibly frustrating. He was very up and down. He was dealing with a high ankle sprain. You know, a lot of stuff went wrong, and yet he was still like a mid-30s wide receiver last year. I believe he was wide receiver 36 last year, which when you think about everything that went wrong, not help, you know, much more hurt than I think we knew at the time. Um, and, you know, some, some tough flukiness with the touchdowns. But think about this. Again, after Stephon Diggs, there's no one on the Bills, which we think is going to be one of the best offenses in football and has obviously one of the best quarterbacks. There's no one on the Bills that, said, that demands targets. We think Dalton Kukade can get some. Like, we think, you know, Dawson Knox is still there. Like, we'll see who else. But honestly, it's going to be Stephon Diggs, and it's going to be Gabe Davis on the outside. James Cook, obviously, the running back. And so, like, there's a top 20 season potential in Gabe Davis if fully healthy puts it all together. Still a very young player. Remember, last year, 47% of his targets came on deep passes. He led all players in average depth of target as well. This is a quote from Josh Allen. said, the Bills need to put Davis in better situations this year, especially the team should put Davis into more catch-and-run situations rather than strictly using him as a boundary and downfield pass catcher, which is what he did. Like, they gave him a ton. You know, just like, if you don't come down with this 40-yard bomb, like, you're not doing anything, they're going to use his skill sets more. So... I can't quit Gabe Davis, Jay Croucher. I can't quit him. Last year, Gabe Davis was going as wide receiver 25 in drafts. This year, he's going wide receiver 41. To me, that's too much. That's too much of a drop, given the injury last year. What do you think of Johan Dotson, Matthew? Thank you for asking while I was taking a sip of something. (laughs) Uh, Final five games last year, over basically a 24% target share. He was wide receiver 17 over that stretch. He led the team with eight end zone targets. Just from a talent standpoint, I love this kid. I think he's just a baller. Like, I don't have a stat for that, but just I watch this guy, and I'm just like, he doesn't play to his size. He's just an absolute baller. He can win. He can win one-on-one matchups. He can win, um, he can win 50-50 balls. Uh, I know I like Sam Howell. Again, I'm a homer, but, like, I do think Jahan Dotson is really talented. He was productive last year in limited sense, and I think the will use him quite a lot more this year. Our final tier, Tier 7 here, Tyler Boyd at 49, Zay Jones at 50, Rashad Bateman at 51. We talked about his upside earlier. Kadarius Toney, who's unfortunately not healthy again there at 52. Juju Smith-Schuster, expected to be the number one target in New England there at 53. Rondell Moore at 54. Alan Lazard now with the Jets at 55. Nico Collins of the Texans at 56. K.J. Osborne with Minnesota at 57, Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay at 58, 59, D.J. Chark Jr. in a Carolina offense that needs to get the targets going somewhere, and 60, Darnell Mooney for the Chicago Bears. This is where you take your flyers, your Nico Collins, your Darnell Mooney's, your Kadarius Tonys of the world, even Rashad Bateman. This is where I want to take a flyer of somebody that could pop. All right, and with that, we will take our final break. When we are back, it's time for Last Call. And then Zay Flowers, we just don't know. I mean, you know, with Zay Flowers and Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, I think you have no wide receiver depth. Donovan Peoples-Jones is, you It's know, my last pick. I understand. He's got... My man had... He might, have, he might have more names than fantasy points. <laughs> 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 my man had 800 receiving yards. For sure. <laughs> 
Get the Roto-World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BERRY20 for 20% off at checkout. Connor5 or J10 also work as promo codes if you would like to pay less money. Answer the question, who are the oldest wide receiver in the NFL? Matthew Slater's 37, much more of a special teams guy. does qualify wide receiver. Not really, but Cole Beasley is 34, Marvin Jones 33. So Cole Beasley is the answer to the oldest wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I feel uh, Lawrence was almost going to draft him, but uh, ended up going uh, DPJ. Really got the flamethrower out on Lawrence's team. It's good to see. Yeah, 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 really yeah. We didn't know if he still had it. <laughs> People were wondering around the office. <laughs> no, no. And, you know, still I, 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 can, uh, I can bring the heat there. Uh, no question about it. But, yeah, Cole Beasley um, at 34 years. But he also retired, too. He came back. Yeah. Right. So there was a while last year where Marvin Jones was the oldest wide receiver. A couple in the loopholes NFL. in there. <laughs> couple a special loopholes. teamer that special. has to be a wide receiver on the depth chart. Yeah. Somebody who is kind of still in the league, but not really. Yeah. yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. And then Marvin Jones, the and oldest the, actual wide receiver in the NFL. Right. Um, by the way, not on this list is uh, Sterling Shepard. It just seems like he's been in the league forever. <laughs> I mean, like, right? Just also, also not on the list is Michael Thomas, who I think most people think is 35 years old, but he's only 30. Spring chicken, ready for a big bounce back season. <laughs> yeah, okay. MT. We wouldn't be happy hour without a Michael Thomas. <laughs> right, I don't know how I've staked myself to Michael Thomas. Right. But, uh, it is so closing good. time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Enter our sweepstakes. Come visit us. Buy a draft guide. I don't know. Enter We're the $5,000 league. Yeah. It's Matthew Barry's money. Yeah, somebody, somebody in marketing $75,000. Peace out. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.